Welcome back to 4 Geeks by Geeks, the place where geeks come to geek out. As always, I am Bozer, and this is your Monday Night Geek Out Sash, y'all. And um, guess what? It's uh, it's not just me tonight. Uh, I am joined by my not-boyfriend, T! This is how you're going to break up with me? That's kind of <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, I wanted to do it here. You told me you love Eugene more, and now you're telling me that's kind of, it's kind of whack. Yeah, I want to do it in a public space so you wouldn't react so strongly. Oh, no, I'm reacting strongly. Is this you reacting strongly? Yes, I am dying on the inside. We got to work on your facial expressions, bro. You, I have facial <laughs> you literally have, you have <laughs> two faces. Literally in your whole life, I've known you have two faces. This one right now, smiling. Yep. And or the nothing. other. And the other one. What happens when you're dead inside? <laughs> <laughs> well hey if this is your first geek out sesh then um this is it this is what you get every monday 8 30 eastern standard we do this live on twitch with a new geek guest and you're in luck because it's neither one of us thank god we're just in charge of this shit show unfortunately <laughs> uh but we are all gonna be geeking out about stephen king so pull out your old novels or movies or it masks, cosplays, whatever you got going on and study up because if you stick around long enough, we might just get drunk at the end of stream by answering all the trivia wrong. There's no might. We're getting every question wrong. There are 30 questions, so that's Jesus potentially 30 shots. Christ. I blame <sighs> I blame Josh, our guest tonight. I gave him a more wholesome option and he went this direction, but he's got a reason, and I'm going to let him explain it. Wait, what was the alternative option? I'll I'll explain it. I'll explain it. We'll get there. we got to give him, you know, some reason to stick around for more than two seconds at the start. You're right. <laughs> You're right. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How you doing? <gasps> nice. It's beautiful to have you here with me. Until next week. Just keep geeking out. <laughs> I won't be here next week. That's fine. I've been putting off my duties for like, it feels like months at this point. Yeah, because outside of your last Geek Out session, wasn't it like a month prior before? Uh, No, my last one was last week. We did right, but then. before that. Oh, yeah, it's like a month. It okay, a long that's time. Right. It's been a long time. But hey, T, if you use that command QOTD, you can find out the question of the day, which What's is... What's that do? <gasps> That's so crazy. Crazy, right? Uh, what's, what's your favorite Stephen King novel or movie? I'm torn between two. One of them would be 1408. The other is Shawshank Redemption. Okay, you're hitting me with two things that I'm learning today that those are Stephen King things. Listen, Stephen King's got his hand in so much... And you just don't realize because Josh will explain this better. But Stephen King was writing so much material. He's like, oh, I got to write some other things. And all his publicists were like, no, you can't put that out under Stephen King. So he would then put them out under his like pseudonyms. And then later is like, no, fuck that. These are my goddamn books. And then just re-release them under the Stephen King name. No shit. Yeah. 
Thanks for the resub, DJF. That may just be cranking out books, and they're like, listen, stop. You're saturating the market. And then everybody in the Stephen King fandom is like, no, bitch, give us more. Because I, Loki, love 1408. 1408's incredible. It's a great film. Okay, when Josh comes in, we're going to rattle off every Stephen King novel and movie just so everyone's on the same page because I need it. <laughs> and he's laughing at me from the wings. I can see <laughs> you. I can see you over there. <laughs> But hey, Alex Bound, the other command, DPR, Dairy Public Radio, because that is what we're going to be talking about tonight. If you are not familiar with Joshua Khan, the wrath of Khan himself, then you've been sleeping on our Cloudscape episodes. So let's just take a moment to punish you for that. He first came on to our lives by auditioning for our Cloudscape TTRPG. Every Thursday, 8 o'clock, check it out, or on YouTube and podcast. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but mostly I want to geek out about the great content that he's already been making with some other fellow co-hosts uh, who are unable to join us, unfortunately, but we've got Josh, so we've got all we need. Um, I, I, I've I been biting my tongue for like months because I knew this geek out session was happening, so I haven't asked him about his content for a really long time. Even though I see him every week. So I'm tired of waiting, T. How about you? I'm the most impatient person in the world. Bring this man out. Let's bring him out. Show some love in the chat. Let's see some emojis. Give it up for Joshua Khan from Dairy Public Radio. Woo! Good to be here. Too much, but thank you. No, you look lovely. Tell your mom I'll see her. If you can find her, that'd, I'd be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're here. We're, we're here. finally yeah. here. Honestly, big shout out to you because um, this might be the third time that we had postponed your geek out session. <laughs> and we finally found the date that worked. We finally did it. We're trying to see if you're going to stay around long enough to be viable for an episode. That makes sense. I got to earn my way in. Yeah, exactly. To all my guests. <laughs> Everyone's got to earn it. Yeah. Because this is the big time. Congratulations. Yeah. You're now relevant. I made it. only go down from here. You can find <laughs> me on the internet now. <laughs> How are you, Josh? I'm terrific. I'm so hyped to finally be doing this. Uh, it just warms my soul. Honestly, any time that we're in a chat room, because we've never met in real life, it <laughs> warms my soul. Ah, thank you. I look forward to the day we can have like a, a convention meetup or something. I like the idea of never meeting because I have so many internet friends that I know I'll never meet physically. And I just like the ambiance of knowing I could pass this person in public and there's a chance we wouldn't know who <laughs> That's actually really romantic. That is. You're a softie. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. Yes, he is. Sorry, he a, is. Sorry, sorry, a soft T. There we go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay, before we get too far into this, uh, what is your favorite? Stephen King movie or novel? My favorite Stephen King novel is my very first Stephen King novel I ever read, which is Needful Things. Oh, you never forget your first. Oh my God, it's so good. See, here's the, th- the crazy thing about Needful Things. I'm already going to start boring you with some King lore. So strap okay, in. I just nod off. <laughs> uh, as you know, like there are cities that are recurring things in Stephen King's work, Derry being one of them in several sure. books, and then Castle Rock is another one. Needful Things is the final Castle Rock book. And so 
it references all the stories that have happened in Castle Rock up until that. So it being my first book, I didn't I didn't catch all the references, but I felt the scope of how big the world was. And that interconnectivity with other books and that kind of world building was the first thing that got me all in. And that's so interesting that you you mentioned that specifically because you are so good at world building and <laughs> connecting things. Thank you. Not just skip to the cloudscape, but later <laughs> when we talk about it. Because um, I, I kind of want to pick your mind a little bit. After we first understand where you came from and made this content, then hopefully it'll give us context for this fucked up character that you brought into <laughs> our world the walking sugar warning you literally are yeah we just shot an episode on saturday and we got done we we're like well that deserves a trigger warning at the start you're welcome <laughs> okay but like i said i i need to rattle off the list of books and oh my god this is oh also scroll real real quick i'm yeah. already gonna plug one of our episodes because the fact sure. that you love 1408 yeah. Here's something that's great about that. It's a short story. Very, Hit very short. It. So we did an episode covering it on the podcast. And as part of the book, what you find out, the guy who goes in the room, he had a, that tape recorder with him because he's writing the article. Right. In the story, you get very specifically, these are the quotes that are found on the tape later. And so we had uh, a buddy of ours, uh, another streamer, Detective Fishboat, uh, who I had him get a tape recorder and record it. Oh. Because uh, Ben, one of my co-hosts, said it scared the shit out of him. So I surprised <laughs> them on episode by playing a performance yeah. of the found tape. <laughs> and it destroyed his brain. And I highly recommend it. It's oh, so that's good. so it's good. So good. I love 1408 though. It's so amazing. I think that was outside of like the typical, like known Stephen King, like film adaptations, like Green Mile. And I guess most people didn't know Shawshank Redemption, but I didn't know that. The Mist, but like that was one, like I want to get into more Stephen King, but like 900 page books are like, those are a life commitment. And I have the attention span of a squirrel. (laughs) Oh, then I know exactly. I already know what book I'm going to recommend for you. Listen, the, this. The, the only one I finished every Stephen King book I've picked up, I finished except Cell. Couldn't do that one. Here's what's amazing. You remember who was in 1408? Yeah. The actors. Yeah. John Cusack and uh-huh. Samuel Jackson. Cell is John Cusack and Samuel Jackson. God damn it. I'm going to have to pick this fucking thing back up now. It's so bad. It's so bad. God. It's like one of the worst adaptations I've ever seen in my life. Uh, not garbage. Oh my god, I love it. I wonder if that's going to help me get through it though, because it's in my basement and it's haunt. Like every time I look at my library, and I'm like, I know I need to finish you, but finish. No, but we covered it. No. Well, we covered it on the show, so you can read along with us, book club style, because that's the format that's of our true. show. I could do that. Yeah. Could do that. Okay, screw reading off this list because it's way too damn long, especially when I go to all written works. Literally, I scroll for like 10 seconds and then yeah, I finally get so to the much. end. Y'all, Stephen King be popping and he doesn't know how to <laughs> pop. So, first, let's tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do as a geek, Joshua Khan. Uh, my name is Joshua Khan and I'm one of the hosts of Dairy Public Radio, a bi weekly Stephen King book club podcast. It's like you've said that before. It's like a combination of single words show for sure. 
Okay, can you settle a bet for me with myself? Yeah. Bi-weekly means twice a week or every two weeks? Every two weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's very relieving because I was like, how the fuck does this man have time for twice a week? <laughs> That's that's nuts. That'd be crazy. It's Wouldn't like, it be bi-monthly? No, because that would be every other month. See, that's one of those weird but things. But you cut it in half. When you bisect something, it cuts in half. So bi we fucking English language, man. <laughs> no wonder people don't want to learn this See, shit. no, if it was that, it would be twice weekly. It wouldn't be bi-weekly. It'd be twice weekly. Doesn't that mean the same thing? But it's bi-weekly already means something. If I have a biopsy, <laughs> <laughs> words mean things, Bowser. You can't. It's part of how they work. But they mean different things in different contexts in different languages. So clearly, you don't text Bowser because he just uses emojis and pictures at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. A big hieroglyphics man. All right. Oh, yeah. for sure. I'm into oh, it. Yeah. Okay, but uh, Dairy Public Radio. It's mm -hmm. a Bi-weekly, meaning twice a week. <laughs> Every no. other Sunday. Every other Sunday. <laughs> so what kind of things can we expect to see on the Dairy Public Radio? So what we do is we are all three of us Stephen King fans and decided to get together to, uh, as an excuse to reread Stephen King books, essentially, was the, the oh, blanket shoot. promise this was built under. Um, and we decided to do it in a book club style, so that way not only could we format our reading, because doing meeting once to discuss a whole book, there's just, it's too much. It's too much. And this way, by breaking it down, we were like, yeah, that's kind of like a book club. Well, why don't we treat it like one? We can share our thoughts, but also engage with our audience to say, here are all of our takes. Where do you land on this? And incorporating all that conversation, it gives us a built-in way to interact with people who are also fans. So then by book club, do you like read these things out loud? No. So what? Uh, at the top of every episode, I'd it'd be like money for that. <laughs> um, if you sign up for our Patreon, uh, I can tell you where you can find some. Um, do we get to see what you want you to read out loud? Uh, get to maybe if that. you pay me enough. Only in Sorkin's um, voice, though. <laughs> Uh, CM Alexander, uh, she was unable to make it because she was actually filming a movie all weekend and is just exhausted as hell. God, you're all um, famous. But she has uh, like just the most perfect voice for podcasting. And so their narratives of her reading Stephen King. Uh, she did Charlie the Choo Choo. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's so no, creepy. Absolutely it's so creepy. Not. And Cat from Hell are both on our Patreon. Oh. Of reading the whole books? They're uh, short stories. Oh, okay. And we did uh, audio effects. Like, she did fully for everything. Wrote original music for all of it. Damn. And they're making us look bad. <laughs> they we got power over there. We like to be a fully contained unit. If we can't do something, one of us learns how. And then we fold it in. We just recruit outside. <laughs> <laughs> we just shit on a brick. And we say, here, look, Thanks. I made this. Oh. You proud, me? But essentially, that way you can, if you want to read along with us, mm -hmm. you can say, because we do have listeners who do, they skip episodes, they skip whole series that they haven't read, and when they pick it up, they go back, and at the top of the episode, we say, we're reading from this chapter to this chapter, uh, spoilers if you haven't read along, otherwise, here we go, and we just discuss that bit of it. That it's is... a prime example of, like, you can really make a show out of anything, 
because you're like, ah, I made a podcast about a book club. Like on paper, you're like, what the fuck does that <laughs> even mean? <laughs> but really, like if you have people committed to the idea of something and you're going to be passionate about it, you can create some really dope shit for the internet to live on in. The idea that you can interact with people all over based off because one, we're in a post-COVID world and everything's going to be different yeah. for, regardless. And so now people have a way to interact about something that's already got a fairly niche audience to begin with. Because I don't know very many people I can walk like, hey, let's talk about this niche fucking Stephen King novel here real quick. Like, oh, I haven't read or that. any like, of them. Nobody has. <laughs> but don't worry. I got a homie that has. Ooh, now we'll go talk about it with them. And that's honest to God. We get so many emails. The predominant thing we get in our emails is uh, I found your podcast and I'm so happy because it feels like I'm sitting and having the Stephen King conversations with my friends. I've always wanted to have, yep. but have not uh, have not been able to uh, because there are there's so many ways of interpretation with Stephen King's work, too. There's so many different takes that you can have on uh, just even how one character is portrayed. That is really cool because it's it almost sounds like like what FGBG is meant to do. Like we want to be that place where you geek out about anything. And now at DPR, they have a place that they can geek out about Stephen King, and not feel so alone, like the weirdo just reading. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's uh, something that's neat? I just saw that question pop up in the chat. By the by, which is uh, by Retro Eugen. Also, can you explain if The Shining connects all its yeah. stories, or did I miss that? Sorry, reading it out loud for the podcast listeners. Sure. Oh yeah. So sorry. <laughs> um, something about we covered The Shining is a fairly recent one we covered, and Jack Torrance is uh, an asshole. Blanket <laughs> blanket statement. He's an alcoholic. He's abusive. He's he's a bad dude. The conversation we got to have though is like. For instance, I love Jack Torrance. I think he's an incredibly complex character. It makes me hate the Kubrick movie a little bit because the Jack Torrance is a Jack Torrance in it, but I digress. Book Jack Torrance is so fucking amazing and so complex. You can take this one character we all read, but we, the three of us, look at it in different ways. Yeah, everybody's got different life experiences that are going to be connecting based off of those yeah. experiences they're coming across. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the Shining connection. So um, it's, the Shining has very specific connections. First, uh, obviously, the sequel is Doctor Sleep. So you have uh, which I things. missed. It's so good. in film. Um, the film is the film's even better than the book, in my opinion. Mike what? Flanagan, That's Mike a fucking statement. Holy hell! Crushes it. Um, so the shining is the overlook is mentioned in those it's also mentioned in misery uh at one point uh, annie wilkes mentioned that a hiker got lost going through the mountains of sidewinder looking for alludes to a place mm -hmm. so the the overlook is is canonically connected to that world so yeah shining is is connected and we actually um we find out in The Stand, Mother Abigail, uh, who is the world's oldest woman in a world where a pandemic called Captain Trips, the super flu, killed 99.9% .9 of the world. She's 108 years old, and she's this old black woman who lives in Nebraska. And she, you come to find out that she has The Shining also. And the name comes from uh, her grandma said, referred to it as the shining lamp of God. 
and that's like what gives you that second sight so uh... there are several characters in his books that even though it's not called the shining they have the traits of the shine so yeah the shine goes through a lot of the books uh the dark tower series characters have the shine and the dark tower series connects all of his books so yeah it's all I there want to, i want to see yep. you break bozer real quick uh yeah. can you give him a as generalized a synopsis as you can of the dark tower series because i want him to it's understand stressful. the uh for this the vast insaneness that is the dark tower series okay. so the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed uh, any Stephen King fans just got really excited that that's how I started the sentence. Um, the, but it's totally lost on us. It's, Super it's, glad it's we're the, here. It's the opening. It's the opening line of the Gunslinger, which is the first book. Uh, essentially, you follow Roland Deschane, a man out of time. He's the last of the Gunslingers, and uh, in the first book, you see what he's chasing the the man in black, the man who's cost him everything across this endless desert and his obsession of finding the man in black so he can find out how to uh find the dark tower and over seven books it is seven. his journey of uh he draws people uh the second book is called drawing of the three he draws people from other worlds into his world to come on him with his journey uh it's there are um creatures called Cantoy that are uh, half animal creatures. There are robots that look like Dr. Doom with satellite dishes on their head. There's a giant uh, train, a monorail that is sentient that asks riddles or kills you. Uh, oh. the, uh, I've been sleeping yeah, on Stephen King, honestly. <laughs> really. I, I, won't, I, I would give you a big synopsis of the whole thing, actually, but so many spoilers. I wouldn't want to spoil it for anybody on stream. <laughs> Sure. So go and watch it. Go read it. Go inhale. Uh, <laughs> they Dark did Tower. an adaptation of. It's bad. It's okay. Bad. I thought so because weren't they intending to bring mm -hmm. do a Stephen King universe and then that one was just like why the fuck? Idris Elba was in that one. Correct? Idris Elba was yeah. fucking amazing in it. He was. He can only do Black, so right? much. Mm. <laughs> he was so good. I want there when they bring back the series because they greenlit the Dark Tower series for Amazon. Oh, uh, I did not. They know have that. yeah. They haven't announced casting it, but I'm hoping Idris Elba. Well, she either need gets to go an ahead offer and get or considers it before the show comes out. Then <laughs> I am a piece of shit. Like, well, I read this and in the book, you really should. It's so good. <laughs> Can I listen on a like an audiobook? Is that acceptable? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because I just don't have the attention span for reading. I know sometimes I do both. A lot of people, I do both for the podcast. Sometimes, yeah, like I'll okay. follow along like with my bookmark with my dairy public radio bookmark and yeah you can sign up for our patreon patreon.com slash dairy public radio wow if i use command dpr i can get to your link tree and it's got all of it beat you to it watch the chat damn it <laughs> damn it uh for if you join Lord us at five dollars you get a dairy public radio bookmark cute um, and you also get access to the club, which is our Patreon bonus show. And it's a monthly show where uh, we do right now we're covering the Lisey story uh, series, but we've done uh, that's where I did my first uh, recorded TTRPG. We played kids on bikes in a very Stephen King way. Yeah. Uh, and we did a TTRPG <laughs> of girl underground. 
um, which is another terrific one. And we also just finished an audio drama called Main Mysteries that takes place like in a it's inspired by the Stephen King book, The Colorado Kid. Obviously, don't out yourself. Do you have a day job? I don't I know do. how yeah. you play. I, I don't know how you workshop being a <laughs> husband, a father, and then all of these projects. All while still working in a capitalistic society. <laughs> I uh, so My day job, I audit surgeries. That's what I do. So basically, you're living a Stephen King novel. Kind of, yeah. I see a lot of crazy stuff. But my job's mostly really boring. And so you have a lot of time to, like, think on Stephen King? <laughs> well, it's just, uh, so reading is something that I really got away from as I got older. I used to love reading when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, my co-host, Ben. Him and I were in college together, uh, and he hated me. Um, <laughs> which, it makes sense. I'm I'm a lot. But he was my understudy in a show we did together, and so he hated me. And then I As trained him. also a lot. I get it. <laughs> uh, and then years later, uh, I trained him for an improv troupe I was running. And we became friends again. And he's the one who brought up the idea of doing a podcast. And I, he's like, he's a big, big fanatic. He's been, re he's like read almost everything that Stephen King's written. And I was like, yeah, I'm in, but you should meet my friend CM. <laughs> because she has uh, her office, which is now our recording studio. She has a cabinet full of first editions, autographed editions, gift editions of Stephen King books. She's Ooh. got the most impressive collection of anyone I've ever met. Good for them. So your podcast is from the comfortably knowledgeable to the... <laughs> the comfortably familiar to the frighteningly fanatic. That's it. Yes. So you, you lie on the comfortably knowledgeable... Yeah, I when we started, I did. We're five years in now, so I feel like I'm bordering fanatic territory. <laughs> so, which one was the frightening fanatic? Was it CM? CM and Ben both. See, they both read nearly everything that had come out. Every once in a while, we still find something that either one or both of them haven't read. Like we, I think we all read The Shining together. They read it for the first time. Oh, really? Uh, when we read it, uh, right now we're reading Desperation which I think only Ben had read. So every once in a while, we find those that are a miss in one of theirs. It's very rare that we find one that all three of us have never read before. I think Misery was that book, the first one that none of us had read. That's got to be so exciting, like for a, such a fan of Stephen King to find like a new nugget for you to unlock. A new favorite book is yeah. so crazy. Uh, when we read, oh, Pet Cemetery. Ben uh, had never read Pet Cemetery, and we read that book, and it changed his life. Now Which, he owns a pet cemetery. Now he now he he started his own pet cemetery. Yeah. Wow! Wow! He found his calling. <laughs> Real quick, qu another question from Retro. Yeah. Do you feel that despite Stephen King's son taking on a pen name, do you think he still found success due to nepotism? Um, I think that it definitely gave him a foothold. I don't think pen names are as secret as you'd like them to be. <laughs> right. Uh, because somebody has to know to pay the bills, you know? So that secret always gets out. The But Joe Hill, uh, we on our Patreon, we cover his selection of short stories called 20th Century Ghosts. And it is so fucking good. Joe Hill's an incredible writer. He's so talented. There's a... There's a story he wrote called The Cape, 
which is about a kid. These two brothers used to play superheroes, mm -hmm. and he had this frayed, like, his baby blankie that he wore as his cape. And he, uh, one night, he, one day he's climbing up, hiding from his brother in a tree, and he's sitting on the limb, and the limb breaks. And the brother's like, holy shit! And then he looks up, and the little brother is just still up there. He's, he's flying. But he has to be in a seated position to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so when he notices and the he moves... opportune position. Yeah, so he notices and he falls and he, like, breaks his leg. And then it flashes to, like, him as an... Like, jumps forward to them as an adult. And him uh, falling asleep, staying the night at his mom's. And he wakes up and he goes to the bathroom and he realizes as he's going to try to pee that he's leaned forward. And it's because he's been uh, in the quilt was part of the cape was part of his cape so he was oh my God. flying <laughs> it's so good and it has a horribly dark ending that i dare not spoil so it's in the blood <laughs> definitely it's in could Stephen be. king's blood okay so then oh, oh sorry go ahead. ahead you're good oh no you go ahead no, you. <laughs> please you it's one of those things like you can't be in Stephen King's circle and put out projects without having Stephen King's stamp of approval to some degree. He may not be proofing every product, but you know that man had some say of, oh, yeah, don't do that. That's a shit. I, I did that 40 some years ago. It's going <laughs> to fail. Don't go well, down that path. In, in years to their parents years before. I mean, uh, he's in his um, dedications. He's mentioned that uh, Joe Owen and Tabitha, his wife, all read his stuff. So he he's grown up reading and giving notes like that's always been part of his culture. So I can't imagine you could walk away with that not being exactly uh, just good. <laughs> that's honestly kind of wholesome to me. The fact that he took on a piece of his father's legacy, like continued it in a way. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have like some sort of bitterness and like, I'm never going to live up to your standards, dad. They every once there's cool little Easter eggs to each other's work. Oh yeah, their book like there's um, Nosferatu, uh, which is a Joe Hill book. The villain of that book is name dropped in Doctor Sleep. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, it's just it's a one line throwaway. Like someone heard someone say something, and it just that's it. I love those. Yeah, I love Easter eggs, man. So, if you're able, like, why Stephen King? Why not some other writer? Why Stephen King and focus only on Stephen King other than the width and breadth of his uh -huh. <laughs> canon? So at least you have something to talk about for God knows or what up past episode 100 at this point. Yeah, yeah. Stephen King. I mean, obviously, we're all we were all fans, so it's the natural place to start. But I think what keeps it going is that Stephen King isn't a one trick pony. There are uh, Kingisms that we reference, like uh, a smile that never reaches the eyes is a big Kingism. Mm -hmm. um, squeezing your your hand so tight you leave crests on your palm is a big Stephen King thing. <laughs> uh, so there are some of those, but beyond writing horror, he has written in virtually every genre. Uh, it, each story has its own life. And so it's cool to see not only his journey as a writer watching how his like eras of writing have changed mm -hmm. and the way he uh what's how do i want to phrase this the way he uh changes how he speaks to his audience as he gets older 
because you can see like his style growing. And so it just creates a whole new generation of stories. I don't know if either of you are familiar with the Mr. Mercedes trilogy. No, it's uh, it, surprised. No, well, it's a it's a newer series. Uh, Stephen King has been moving into uh, some kind of true crime, not true crime, uh, some like <laughs> detective crime noir okay. stuff. Hmm. And like this era of his crime writing is pretty rad. I'm a big fan of it personally. I'll have to check that one out then. Yeah. Like different than like the horror kind of crimes that he's written about, about in the past? Well, because it's, uh, so the, the Mr. Mercedes, that trilogy, it's, it's the Bill Hodges trilogy. It's the main character of those three books. And so it's steeped in the the detective genre, but it still has those horror elements that uh, of of the intensity or the uh, overt violence. Like the be the inciting incident of Mister Mercedes is during peak unemployment. This civic center held a job fair, and so there were hundreds of people lined up in the very early morning waiting to get into this job fair because this whole town is desperate. And some person in a clown mask driving a Mercedes drove through the line with all the people trapped inside those like rail. The Yeah. Yeah. And the, they call it the city center massacre. And that's the opening bit. But that entire series after that first book, characters you meet are people whose lives were affected by the city center massacre years ago. So throughout these books, you are seeing the after effect in all the lives of the people in this city through that one action. God, the ability to world build. It's nuts. It's nuts. <laughs> it's the fact that so many of the books do connect. Mm -hmm. Just fucking wild. Like you were really enticing me to take up Stephen King tomorrow. <laughs> I can give about you six give hours you like... of his attention span. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a you're a um a more like a medieval kind of fan, right? That's is that your? Um, I I like it. I I love some true crime. I love some horror. Nice. Um, I just like good stories that with a good twist. Because that's my question is you said before off off stream mm -hmm. you said that you could name the book that each of us should read to give us a recommendation and i'm mm -hmm. hoping that's true because my wife and i are taking a long drive down to tennessee this weekend for a bachelor bachelorette party oh um, can't wait nice. for sex messages <laughs> <laughs> did you say sex messages I said, what I said. but i'm hoping that i can entice her to at least like listen to at least part of the book on the way do down. An, do an audiobook? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you be thinking. You be thinking. Yeah, okay. I already know what Tease is gonna be. I don't know if I'm excited or terrified. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really ominous title. Uh are you ready? Yes. Everything's eventual. Ooh. Everything's eventual is a collection of 14 short stories. So there goes your attention span 900 page book <laughs> problem. And Everything's Eventual has, uh, 1408 is in Everything's Eventual. So there's one right there. Oh, and I love that movie. Uh, autopsy Room 4, which is a terrific one. It's about a dude who wakes up on an autopsy room table as he's about to get autopsy. They don't know he's he's alive. Oh my God. Like, it's so good. Uh, LT's Theory of Pets, which is a fever dream. Uh, and yeah, there's a, a whole bunch of really, really good stories. 
in that one. Fantastic. So that one in my Amazon cart real quick. There you go. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tell us a little bit more. You mentioned your Mm co-hosts. I'd like to know a little bit more of their background, if you would. And then I want to know yours, because you have a very storied background (laughs) from what we have known from playing with you on uh, Cloudscape. (laughs) I've done a lot of stuff. Uh, so Ben Graham, uh, he is, like I said, he's the person who originally brought this idea forward. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, he's also an actor. He, uh, just finished a run. He's the reason he's not here is cause he's doing a run of much ado about nothing that this is their hell week. <laughs> so oh, yeah. that is where he is. Oh no. You're all actors. We're all actors. God. Yeah. Well, there goes uh-huh. half your audience. <laughs> Um, and uh, and Ben works for uh, a uh, an assisted living community. He's like an event planner and organizer, so he like does stuff for. Uh, he like helps take care of of old people. He's, he's so great. He's amazing. Uh, he's also the um, kind of the political, um, not political. He's he's the. Yeah, I, I guess I would say political. He, he's not like a political person, but he is very much the person who is ready to take what we're reading and really tie it to current events. Ooh. Uh, for instance, we had a, a very complex conversation covering the death penalty because we did uh, the Green Mile. Mm-hmm. And so Ben did research on uh, prison abolitionism because he believes that nobody should be in prison. And which is a very controversial statement. So he did a lot of research. That's a statement for sure. It's but when you like the information's out there of like what if you uh, took down the prison industrial complex and used Mm -hmm. that money for uh, essentially mental hospitals for people who are afflicted with these things. Like it's a whole breakdown of it's very altruistic for a lot of people for sure. sure. But there's that's not a reason to not talk about an idea though. Right. Right. We can talk about it. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my favorite thing about what Ben brings to the show. Uh, CM is uh, in quietly the funniest person in the room. She would <laughs> never admit to that, but she says some of the most ridiculous things. I think you shared on Instagram today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. I, I, I can pull that up, too. I want to share this because this had me cackling. It's such a... This had me cackling. Um, wait, let me go. Let me go. Go to it. I don't mean to go to mine, but where's that link you sent me? <laughs> you keep talking. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm in gonna, the meantime, um, yeah. uh, CM is a uh, a social worker by day. She's also in a band uh-huh. called Giallos, which is that's uh, a combination of things. Yeah, it's um, it's that's oh, the God, combination. I told her she needed to be here to correct me on this because I called it. Uh, femdom synth pop, and that's not what it is. That's a sounds like a for sure. It's definitely femdom. It's a uh, the vibe of their band is they're a cult that makes um, <laughs> fuck music. It's terrific. I mean, you've caught my attention. <laughs> I'm yeah. here for this. Yeah. Um, and so Giallo's does a lot of the music for our uh, Patreon shows and things like that, or Dairy Fight Night, which is a stream we did where we created Stephen King characters in <laughs> WWE 2K. And so some of those are uh, the intro music is written by them. Okay, here we go. This is just a quick quote from CM. Mm-hmm. 
Did you guys ever try to dig like a grave just to see if you had it in you? <laughs> Why did you look at me that way? Wow. <laughs> That's the terrifying. sincerity that came out. I'm joking. That, the I'm, listeners will I not never... see the look in your eyes. Ah, <laughs> oh, cold blooded. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. I, I didn't to... have many friends. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's, that's the end not of something everybody has done. That is, that's uh, one of. If you had it in you, there, we had a running joke where at one point uh, I cannot tell you how this conversation came up, but she admitted that when she was younger, that for boys she thought the balls were on top, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the balls were on top was a running joke on our show for a long time. Balls on top, baby. Yeah. Evolutionarily, I can't even think of a viable reason. <laughs> It's just they're always cold, so they always be on top. <laughs> but no, uh, she's um, her and I t typically lead the discussions. So most episodes, people uh, have a preference, and we've heard it. <laughs> Every once in a while, people are like, I really like Josh led episodes, or I really like CM episodes. <laughs> Ben's sitting in the corner, twiddling his thumbs, talking ben, about politics. Ben actively does not lead episodes, he chooses not to. He. <laughs> He's actually actually he's leading the uh, he's leading Desperation, which we're reading right now, which part two just came out yesterday, and um, and then we're doing Regulators because as T you mentioned earlier, Stephen King's pseudonym Richard Bachman, mm -hmm. uh, who died from cancer of the pseudonym, he um, wrote Desperation and Regulators as companion novels, so they have the same characters in a different reality oh that's cool yeah cool. so we're, we're reading those back to back right now but also my description of that scenario was fairly accurate right mostly okay so so the the real story is that um they didn't want to publish more than like one book a year because they were worried it was going to kill his sales right and so the idea of writing under a pseudonym happened and then he wanted to know if he would get if these novels would be as popular as his other ones and uh, like the long walk, which is a Richard Bachman book, he wrote that back in college. So the Richard Bachman books, they were just darker. They are like, they are the scary Stephen King books, the Bachman <laughs> books. They're, They're the horrifying the ones. <laughs> They're the dark ones. Um, but he, uh, a writer, somebody found out through like, a journalist found out that he was Richard Bachman pretty early, like based on analyzing reading, essentially mm -hmm. he contacted Stephen King and tried to blackmail him. And I said, forgot about give that. Me, give me this money uh, or I tell everybody. And Stephen King said, you should write a story about it and tell everybody how you figured it out. That's great. <laughs> um, that and guy's let dead now. Novella. Yeah, he died. Oh, he's such an interesting individual, especially with like his small cameos that he does in like varying projects. Like he did. Uh, I can't remember the character's name in Sons of Anarchy. He yeah. comes in as this uh, like uh, that's who he was. He it, was yeah, yeah. Comes in as just the cleaner of like, mm -hmm. oh, you murdered somebody. I make sure there is zero evidence of it. And just like King's energy is just enticing. Like because you wouldn't have to know like who he was to understand like. Yeah, that's Stephen King. Like, oh, yeah, that 100% makes Because you don't have to know anything about Stephen King, but that name carries so much weight 
It really does. You don't have to know anything yeah. about any book he's ever written to understand like who he is as a concept and just the way he carries himself just in these little cameos he does. You're like, it's got to be so freeing to be aware of yourself to that degree. You've seen, have you seen it chapter two? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite cameo of his where he talks shit to the writer about his endings. <laughs> it's just the funniest fucking thing to me. That's so good. Okay. So we know who Ben is and what he does. We know CM and what she does, but Let's talk about Joshua Khan. I'm a maverick, baby. I have too much ADHD to be tied down. Because <laughs> that's um, my favorite thing. It gets is when me you, in trouble. Yeah, You like break into some old story before we start recording on a Saturday and share some like off the wall experience that you've yep. had that just <laughs> and then never life. goes back to it. Yeah. Um, did I tell you I was uh, recently hanging out with my friend. I was uh, a professional wrestler in high school. Excuse me? Uh, I, tra I trained with uh, the Every same... fucking Saturday, he does this yeah. shit. And um, then we'll never go back to tell yeah. another story. You're, we'll not you're... finish up on it. Uh, you're familiar with Seth Rollins? Yep. His uh, It was with his group. At the, uh, oh, that's at, awesome. At yeah. Um, they beat the shit out of us. It was, it was <laughs> crazy. It was it was brutal. Well, you can um, know, guys like my tag him, team, they... My tag team partner had his ankle broken in the first practice, and that's why we never went back. <laughs> but <laughs> broken... But one of those wrestlers that we were with then who stayed on wrestling, he is the now a filmmaker who made our documentary that's on our YouTube. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's Check actually the, the championship belt that I have here. It's a fantasy football league with me and a bunch of professional wrestlers and comedians. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what made Joshua Khan the Joshua Khan that we know today? Because your brain is unlike <laughs> anything I've seen and you have a genuine kind spirit and I don't those two things don't often go hand in hand um man uh real real answer is I grew up in fairly extreme poverty and so very early on in my life it became about kindness and kindness being the thing that gets you through literally any situation. And so that's like a big thing that even when I'm kind of at my lowest or at my most lost, I just kind of fall back on kindness and that brings a smile. That's uh, that's kind of what that's all about. Hmm. Um, but as far as my entertainment background, I, I didn't even start doing entertainment. Like my first play was when I was 16. Uh, I played Jonathan Brewster in Arsenic and Old Lace. Okay. Uh, so my very first role was a serial killer. <laughs> On um, our, that's what did it. Yeah. And then when I was 17, I was cast as Dracula because I was the only 17-year-old with a widow's peak. <laughs> <laughs> Just walking down the hallway like you look way too damn old. Come you are. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I would only I would have looked older in high school if my beard was not the patchiest piece of shit you'd ever seen in your life. <laughs> I couldn't so grow a beard. Now. I had I had shoulder-length hair. Of course and did. I had because uh, I, I also was I did modeling for a little bit when I was in high school. Of course, I did. traveled to uh, Florida to the Swan and Dolphin for like a acting and modeling camp competition. Of course, you did. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I was down there during Hurricane Francis. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm just shocked. Yeah. By, I'm going to choose not to be shocked by <laughs> anything else you tell me for the rest of our days because yes. otherwise I'm just in a complete state of. <gasps> Do you guys want to see my old modeling portfolio? Yes. <laughs> Is that really a question? <laughs> uh, do I? 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. We're going to make... Oh, my God. All right. So, my my studio has now turned into kind of a, a celebration of me. So, I have kind of a little, uh, like, trophies around because I'm also kind of a, an entertainment trophy killer. Okay. Made right. you bigger. Jesus fucking Christ. This is so embarrassing. So bad. Welcome so to the internet. To live forever. Going to freely offer. I'm going <laughs> to mirror myself so I'm looking at it. There now we're going to have snippets for any of our Cloudscape Can't bits do. that we need. Like, yeah. come see this guy. All right. Here's the headshot first. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. That guy should play Nosferatu. <laughs> um actually, hold on, hold on. Everybody shut the fuck up. Uh so <laughs> shh, shh, guys. That's me. That's me as Jonathan Brewster. Okay. Uh, a little higher, a little higher. Oh. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So Are you me. in the in the middle in the I'm I'm in the messed up hair? tie. Okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh this is me as Dracula. I love that you have this on hand. <sighs> Oh my the god. Glare. The glare though. Hold on. Oh, yeah, paint paint this scene. What year is this? 2004? Uh I was 8. We we this are my, basically the same age. My cover. <gasps> <laughs> That's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yes. That was my my fire. Oh god. Oh, there's my pro wrestling one. There's mine. <gasps> Wait, over, over. Yeah. <laughs> I had a fucking wallet chain, bitch. That's how Look you know it was bad. Beard. Leather pants or is the, that just a glare on the page? That's just the glare. Yeah. Oh my god. No, when I tell this story, it was leather pants. <laughs> uh, I also have. Um, I, I like did this. a. I like this. I did a web series a few years ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm actually using one of the glasses from the bar. What's uh, it say? Odds Bar and Grill, the name Love of the it. show. And it was turned into a comic book. This is just a show and tell part of the night. Ooh. I can't show you the inside of it because it's not out yet because we haven't released the final version of the show. But that's against the odds. Yeah, that's, that's the cover. so cool. And that's you? Yeah, that's 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 me. T, I want to be in a comic book. You should do something about that then. I don't draw that good. <laughs> Uh, if only we knew a guy, <laughs> right? Uh, that's the show. I artist on you. It's a, a. It was a seven episode web series where I played a character named Sin, who was uh, an immortal who had the uh, supernatural ability to make skin to skin contact with someone and influence their emotions. Oh my god! Okay, so now. Ugh, there's so much I want to talk about. <laughs> Why are you such a deep and multifaceted person, Josh? Uh, the honestly short answer is I just like to do fun shit. Facts. Like that's that's kind of like my I I realized I was never going to be uh, rich or famous. And so, so do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, it doesn't so, matter. So do whatever. And so I like to do different, just different things. Like I uh, we also we have our own beer. I've got my uh, beer back here. Uh, I was a burlesque host for 10 years. A nerdlesque host. Uh, right? Well, we did some nerdlesque. We had, we did show, our show was called Comic Con with my name, Con. Ah, sexy. Um, 
and so what I would do, what made our, we did what we called um, theater burlesque, which was, uh, we didn't just have a host and performers, the hosts, we would do a full two man show. So the, the whole show would have a running plot line. That's incredible. It would tie everything together. So for that one, if I remember right, the plot line was that we uh, we slipped in toxic waste because the opening group routine was too toxic, <laughs> <laughs> and it gave us it gave us superpowers. And so for the rest of the show, like I got super strength, and so I kept hitting him with shit <laughs> because his power was that he was unbreakable. But it, then we realized he still felt all the pain <laughs> <laughs> and just <laughs> beating the shit out of him. It was so great. <laughs> I, I think I found a snippet of Nerdlesque on your channel. Did you? It's a Stephen King Halloween music video. Oh, yeah. Up Quad City Burlesque. Yeah. Uh, music by Giallos. So CM's band is who does the music for that video. I'm very really? curious. How often do people like bring up things? So you're like, oh, right. I, I did do that, didn't I? I, I get um, my wife gets really annoyed because we'll go places and I get recognized a lot. And people will be <laughs> like, hey, I saw you because uh, I also like I did improv comedy for a long time with Comedy Sports, which is a, a worldwide franchise. I've heard of Comedy Sports. Uh, and I, uh, a lot of celebrities come through comedy sports. Yeah. Um, a lot of Second City people, too. Um, and um, Upright Citizens Brigade, a lot of those do comedy sports, too. Um, but yeah, so I've I done that, and I do, like, uh, I've hosted improvised murder mysteries for corporate events. Uh, so sometimes people recognize me from corporate events, where they thought I was an actual guest at the party until uh, I was interrogated for murder. <laughs> <laughs> And here you thought, I'll never be famous, and look at you now. Being, there's a difference between, like, having local recognition and celebrity. I'll take recognition. Celebrity is what gets you hounded. Yeah, I am I like to say that I'm hometown famous, yeah. which is, <laughs> is a treat. <laughs> it's a treat. Hi, Solomon, by the way. We didn't say hi. What up, Solomon? DPR represent. Yep. Solomon is one of our mods. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for stooping down to FGP2 <laughs> level after the gold, which is DPR, <laughs> that we have discovered tonight. Um, okay, we gotta we we gotta talk real quick about all the things that you've mentioned and all the things that made Josh who he is and Stephen King and how that's been a huge part of just your creativity, Cloudscape. If y'all haven't seen it already, <laughs> go back, start watching our, our every Thursday night, we do, we air a new episode of our TTRBG, which is using Fate Core, and it's on YouTube and podcast. But Josh was one of the people that auditioned for the show. We wanted to bring some fresh faces, and so we put out an audition call. T and I thought, absolutely no one's going to audition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. We were like, who do we even reach out to? And like, I don't fucking know. And so I was like, why don't we just have people audition? This man said, nobody's going to do that. And I was like, that's fine. Even if we have one or two, that's we have a foothold to have people to have a conversation with. And then you came through and I'm like, this bitch is going to kick me off my own goddamn show. <laughs> I was just grateful you guys cast me. Well, you were the only audition, so. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you did this great reading and we had some like sides for you and you you did a huge spin on it and made it super <laughs> creepy. Yeah. And so now that you've created this character of Sirkin Sirocco, it makes utter sense. So real quick for anybody that hasn't tuned into Cloudscape, give us a quick synopsis of who Sirkin is and his role in, in the world of Aurora so far. Yeah, uh, Sirkin is, uh, he's grown up in a family of crime and he was the smallest in his family of big brute people. And so the way he found to make himself useful is he learned interrogation and he became a master torturer. Yes, interviewing. Inter he decided last aggressive week. interview tactics. <laughs> And where we meet him at the start of Cloudscape is at a point in his life where it's it's a year after he's made what he kind of felt like was his first big mistake. And so that was the point that he started questioning his life. So we meet him at a point where he's deciding whether he does something about it or not. And then circumstances out of his control spin around and it's it's fate. Like the path opened for him that gave him the answer he was looking for, and he is trying to find his place in the world now. And by doing that, by you know, making the weirdest fucking statements with dead eyes and the widest fucking smiles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, the thing about Sirkin is I like playing a character with so much emotional intelligence. I'm just waiting for him to turn into a spider. I'm gonna be a complete <laughs> That's my new stunt. The yeah. plot twist is not gonna shock me. You're not gonna get a reaction. It's gonna be like, oh, it's finally happening. Cool, now cool. we can move on. <laughs> good. That w That's a good animal for him, actually, yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me he's not it? Like, let's be honest. <laughs> Where are his deadlines? I need to know. You're right. Did you feel like Stephen King's writings at all influenced the origin of Sirkin? They definitely influenced uh, a big part of Sirkin in his his flaw. Sirkin didn't really come together for me as a character until uh, part of, if you haven't played or watched any of Fate, you, part of making your characters, you have to pick a, a flaw to mm -hmm. overcome or... Um, trouble. Trouble. Thanks again for the sub! Yeah, and... The trouble is something that I feel makes a character and something that I've always liked about Stephen King's writing is that there are no perfect characters in mm -hmm. Stephen King's writing uh, and that the trouble gives you depth. And some of my favorite villains, my all time favorite villain of Stephen King's is Randall Flagg. And... Yeah. Uh, he, oh, <laughs> that's a fun question. So the stand has Randall Flag. Um, Eyes of the Dragon has Randall Flag, but maybe not the same Randall Flag. <laughs> and the Dark Tower has a Randall Flag. And there are several characters in Stephen King's work that have the initials RF that are aliases he has taken throughout. So Randall Flag is around. And I want to know nowhere all at once. We yeah, um our very first eventually. our very first dairy fight night. I made Randall Flag from the Stand, Wizard <laughs> Flag from Eyes of the Dragon, and the Man in Black from the Dark Tower. And we I made it a flags count anywhere match, and <laughs> the three of them faced off. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thanks. That's good. I was that's really so proud good. of that. Yeah. 
But a big thing with in every iteration of Randall Flag is it is always overconfidence. That is always the thing that will be the undoing. And the first thing I decided going into this game of, of Fate is because I don't think a lot of people realize how easy we could all die oh, in yeah. this game. Character death is a real possibility. The fact that hasn't yet, I am shocked. Right. You guys honestly have just done really good roles when... Because we be doing some stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, haven't really pulled a lot of punches. You just roll really well, so good for you. The, the thing about Sirkin when I created him is that I never wanted him to be a character that ever felt like he had plot armor. Mm -hmm. uh, because I knew he could die. So my goal was not to... Uh, it was Zirkin was not to create uh, a character that lasts forever, but a character that if he is, for whatever reason, ends up gone, the absence will be felt. See, that's the best part, and especially since we've already had the conversation about perception. Like, and I don't know if it's just like the tropes I enjoy or the tropes that I write. Zirkin feels like the character that should die, but is going to be the one. No, but it's going yeah. to be the one that lasts till the end, mm -hmm. and is going to be your like overarching narrator. They're like, oh, let me tell you the story so I can tell you what not to do type thing. Because if you compare Sirkin to everybody else, Sirkin would be the villain of everybody. Yeah. He's the one with the least. He's got a moral compass. He's the most tainted individual. <laughs> But you would think conceptually like, oh, yeah, nobody's going to like this guy. He should die. He's going to martyr himself because he believes that that's going to how he cements himself into a legacy. But really, at the end of the day, Sirkin is such this lovable fucking weird fucker <laughs> that, you know, just everybody. He's going to be the one that you see him in that white picket fence, closing his red door <laughs> in his fucking suburban neighborhood because he managed to get out. Now, I here's the thing. Even let's say in a perfect world, we we ended Cloudscape and we all got epilogues. Serkin's epilogue would still be violent because I, I one of my favorite. Oh, I didn't say you weren't shutting the door and there wasn't well, going to be a family behind you. In in <laughs> that, uh, I believe that in media, it is it is so true that violent people should not meet nonviolent ends. Like mm -hmm. violent, the cycle of violence means I have to die violently, yes. which is also something that I've, I'm playing Sirkin to be aware of. Like he's a very, he's an extraordinarily self-aware person. And that's why he's so vulnerable and so open with people because he treats everything. Like if this is the last time I have to say something before I meet whatever violent end is ahead of me because of all the violence I've put in the world, I want to have it said. And that's how he's in this past year where he's changed so much. It's because he's been living that that energy and that truth. Mm. He's the martyr you love and respect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he'll never see himself as a martyr because he, right, he doesn't right. believe he doesn't believe he believes he's a cautionary tale, if anything. Exactly. And that's what and though that's what that's the martyr you enjoy. Nobody likes the iron. Oh, okay, Man I see that. Yeah. Because like that one was too on the nose. Like I'm just going to that Marvel reference of you, the entire saga was just Iron Man not being an asshole and finally coming to terms where the, <laughs> the, the world lives and moves on without him and he needs to finally pay it forward. The, the martyr you want is your Captain America, who you expect to be the martyr, expect to be the one to dive on that grenade, be the one to force 
on going on because that's so expensive. When you have Sirkin who's like, yeah, no, like I'm just doing what I do. It's it causes that lovability, like connects you to an individual because everybody's got that little bit of Sirkin in them. <laughs> They just can't act on it because of the society we live in. We all have those thoughts, though. We've all thought yeah. every time Sirkin says something, you're like, "Some bitch may have a point." I'm not saying he's right, <laughs> and I love. I'm not when, saying it's legal. I love when Kit has I get those it. moments. <laughs> Kit has like a little bit of Sirkin in her, and even though she hates Sirkin, especially right now, so much. Yeah, I love this game, and I love also, that yes partner. that Shakespeare quote. I saw that Shakespeare quote. Yes, pop up. yes, that is. He's our. Our local theater kid. Love it. With a memory for quotes like no one I know. God damn it. It is impressive. And he's going to love that hellbound train, isn't he, T? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, You mentioned earlier Dairy Public Fight Night. Yes. <laughs> so fucking so, good. God damn it. So before we get into a little bit of Stephen King trivia, mm -hmm. where every question we get wrong, we have to take a drink um, of whiskey, apparently, per Josh's orders. I got my room 217 shot glass that I got from the, uh, I went to Colorado to the Stanley, which was the inspiration for the Overlook. And that's where I bought my copy of The Shining and the- <laughs> Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's coming in just a few minutes, but uh, before we get there, besides the podcast, mm -hmm. what, what can people look forward to? God, I got, okay. So I, I, uh, I start filming a movie soon <gasps> in two weeks uh it's called oh, paper shit. plates it is a a bank heist movie i play a robber uh code name dopey movie yeah uh i play a uh the uh appropriately named dopey i'm an affable <laughs> fucking goof your name is dopey yeah because we all have we rob the bank wearing paper plates as masks oh <laughs> and so i have a big dumb grin Fuck on my face on my mask. in the house and it's oh my god it's some of the funniest dialogue where they talk about the paper plate masks it's terrific uh yeah we start filming uh actors from Wakanda all over the country are coming so i don't know how i made the cut but that's exciting start, man. start filming it's gonna be it's cool because it's uh it's a one of like the places i spent a lot of time when i was a kid and you know it's like when you go to a place where before you knew who you were the opportunity to go back to that place doing what you do is kind of a cool feeling. It's kind of a full circle feeling. Mm -hmm. That's the reason I auditioned in the first place and then turned out I made it. It was fate. Yeah, fate. Always shoot your shot, man. Gang, so gang. you're an actor, you're in a movie. And Dairy Public Radio streams on Twitch? We do. Uh, we have a monthly live stream. Uh, we're trying to do more. We do uh, watch parties. Last We did uh, Cloverfield last time. Uh, uh, we've done uh, Hellraiser, some fun horror movies in the nice. past, um, and occasionally we'll do, uh, this October we're doing our yearly pumpkin carving live stream, so you can join us, and we just talk horror and make Stephen King pumpkins <laughs> and hang out in the chat. The possibilities of that are fucking literally endless. You can find uh, we have we post them on our Instagram every year. CM does she doesn't carve, she shaves the pump. It's oh, always better. That's awesome. It's always it's better. Madness. Because you can do depth and shadows and sh I'm but too busy detail. talking on the stream to Shocker. focus on doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk? Who would have guessed? <laughs> But yeah, uh, 
every every month we do that and then like i said if you sign up for our patreon at, f- at the five dollar tier you can uh get access to our monthly show if you do ten dollars a month you get a cool bitch and enamel bloody mic pen <gasps> i do like pins. yeah for fifteen dollars you get all of that plus a personalized postcard that has a bunch of easter eggs of a cartoon drawing of our studio no okay uh 25 you get a discount at our etsy store off all of our merch at 50 dollars, you get to pick our next book nice. and get a shout out for that book uh, with all that stuff and then our hundred dollar tier you not only get to pick a book but you get to pick a dairy public radio revisited where you can pick a bit pick a book we've already covered and we'll do a, an episode revisiting how we feel about it now okay nice yeah you guys are good at patreon <laughs> take notes can we, we talk notes? about it freaking like what are we going to do like we have nothing to offer that people are going to pay money for we've actually we're um breaking news we're actually uh looking to in the next year like double our patreon content nice uh, and, and up our uh up our streaming up our uh our youtube we have some vlogs coming uh we're launching a show called stephen king explained we're in a uh kind of fun format we deep dive into one specific thing about stephen king and explain all the connections and lore attached to it the debut episode will be about the namesake of our show the club which Mm -hmm. appears in um the breathing method which is one of the novellas in the same book as apt pupil uh the body which became stand by me and shawshank redemption oh okay and uh, the short story, The Man Who Would Not Shake Hands. It's basically a gentleman's club full of books and attractions from different worlds. Damn, and here so, we are about yeah. to start an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> we are going opposite trajectories. <laughs> we'll see who makes more at the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we, uh, we have, um, we're starting uh, horror vlogs. I'm starting a hundred novel journey on... Uh, our youtube so nice if you're into reading vlogs follow our youtube we're like i think 30 people away from being able to monetize our youtube so i need 30 people to subscribe <laughs> let's go <'Cause laughs> let me just give you a reason to subscribe um we need to check out dairy public fight or dairy fight night because this so is so goddamn good just so goddamn good uh, this is something you can go find this right now um, this is a two-hour episode, but I just want to show people. You recreate Stephen King characters. Welcome to Dairy Fight Night! Are you so, ready to wrestle? This, the arena, is go. the Dairy Civic right, Center. Folks, which is, time is for another a dairy actual fight location in right the to the action. Our first of, match tonight. Dairy. We have a pink uh, slip the match. Insomnia, that uh, is right. It is a, a battle royale. Four greasers entered. We made part of our intro for our show is it takes place in the basement of the Dairy Civic Center. (laughs) (laughs) Ring, all putting their pink slips up. The winner takes all. People have been asking for a greasers match, so I finally had to make. (laughs) That is Arnie after he lost his virginity to Christine. It's his grease makeover. (laughs) That is very true. So you're literally creating this in, is this WWE? Oh, okay, hold on. I I Go scroll back to about four minutes. 
Oh, uh, go back a little bit, a little bit more right there. I just want you to experience this moment. This music, uh, Jeff Loader, a, fan, a friend of the show, did a bunch of the music for these intros, and he wrote this song, and I just want to play it because it's an absolute banger real quick. Okay. You know him. You hate him. <laughs> it's Buddy Repperton. Oh it's so exciting. <laughs> At Texas Driver Boy. <laughs> That's what being able to make the social media tags and sneaking in references. <laughs> oh, thank you so, so much, Ori Gringo. Yeah. All right, you can move on, but this is. Uh, what is yeah. the title of? How this much time do you put into these? The most. It makes um, sense that it's Ace Maryland, but yeah. That's a good question. So what usually happens is once I decide the match, I run it. I have the computer just run the match while I screen <laughs> capture it, and I'll run it like three times until it feels like a match i'd see okay. on tv oh okay and, and I you were playing these the whole time oh i know i let the computer because I, I want the computer to tell the story so we can adjust our narrative however it pans out and uh this is this match like i said is because people i wanted a greasers match and so i went for it but yeah i probably run each match like three times so probably about an hour on each match overall with editing and recording and then we shelve it for six months so that i forget what happens entirely <laughs> and then we do the event that's amazing this is just the idea that like you can make content out of anything also we exist in the game dairy public radio are in the game like your physical persona. Yeah, you can you can download me in the game. If you, have the game. you can download the entire Dairy Public Radio team. Which year? Uh, it's it's not in. This is twenty two. Um, we're not in this one. But if you go, both Fight Night one and two are on our YouTube also. Okay. And uh, the first Dairy Fight Night is me and Ben in a tag team match against Barlow and Straker from Salem's Lot, and CM. Uh, against Annie Wilkes. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So go to their YouTube, check these out. I just want to get like blitzed one night and watch these, put these on the TV. Do it. I dare you. Yes, please. There's also uh, on our YouTube, there's a, a documentary about us. I mentioned earlier. Uh, yes. There's also a short film that we made. It's, it's just called Dairy Public Radio, a short film. It's kind of a music video where we all get possessed by Stephen King characters. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of cool, weird shit on our YouTube, so check it out. My favorite thing is you guys are literally just like, we love Stephen King. What else weird shit can we do? Let's just have a good time. Yeah. As it should be. Break the mold. Don't exactly. be. You don't, there's no reason to go through and do all the same thing everybody does on the Internet. Because again, if you think Stephen King, you're not gonna go with yeah. We do a music video where we or we role play that we're being possessed by everybody else. We turn them into fucking <laughs> WWE Fight Night characters. Like yeah, a book club that makes sense. But like, there's so many options if you just like open your mind up to the possibilities for just like some weird shit you can do, and it sells. It works. It gets people to talk about something that you wouldn't normally put words together in a sentence. But then you sit down and watch like this is fucking incredible. Why isn't there not more of this? What's what we were excited about the beers? Uh, can I show you guys the cans? Yeah, cans over here. Oh, and I'll show you this too while I'm taking shit off my shelves. Uh, this is a fan made us bloody oh, microphone. Cool. Fuck yeah! Yeah, 
Shots uh, from Shack. That's funny. So this was our first, our first beer, Room Two Seventeen. Love it. Cute. It was a cherry cheesecake Berliner Weiss. Oh, gimme, uh, gimme. And we did it as a um, a slushy. You could get it as a, a beer slushy, <laughs> and it was it was amazing. Uh, and then we did Misery's Return. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was we had my mom dress up as Annie Wilkes. And do a few photo ops. <laughs> Bring in the whole family. Why not? Yeah. All right, mom. Don't ask questions. Well, I need my you mom... to dress up real quick. <laughs> my mom actually. My mom is actually an actor. Also, she was in the Marine Corps and uh, did like USO shows. Aww. So technically, my first show was uh, the Mouse Trap in Okinawa, Japan. <laughs> okay, why you just gotta outdo <laughs> anyone ever? I, I was. I always like to tell people that because uh, when they find out I was conceived in Japan, they always say, "Does that make you Japanese?" And I say, "No, but it makes me made in Japan with American parts." <laughs> it's a good joke. Thanks. Solid joke. It's a good joke. Thanks. Right thanks. That was my joke. when I was doing stand up for a while. That was my opener. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, it's like a joke. It's I've a told good way to. Life. It's a good way to judge how the crowd's going to react to the shit that's about to come oh, out yeah. of your mouth. <laughs> There's always going to be that one white bitch in the back like, you can't say that. <laughs> Excuse me. Waiter, can you stop him? <laughs> All right, we're going to put you to the test now to see how Dude. well you really know your Stephen King and how much I know I really don't. Are you ready? I'm ready. No. I'm vibing. By the way, if you haven't already, hit command dpr go to the link tree like all the things subscribe on all the things and if you're listening back or watching back after the fact the links are below go give them some love if anything go follow on instagram so you can just follow this crazy amazing adventure that he cm and ben are taking right fucking now we're here to jam but we're here to jam and to drink apparently because i first proposition to game where we do Stephen King trivia. Everyone that we get wrong, we have to new add a new condiment to a cup. We've done that in the past. Gosh. I do it usually with people that I know. Like, I, we know each other, <laughs> so I wouldn't ask a rando to do that. But then you said, nah, that's weak sauce. And then what'd you suggest? I suggested that as punishment, we have to do a shot of, well, I doing a shot of Jim Beam because we have a running joke that uh, in the Dark Tower series, there are six beams that hold up the dark tower at the center of the universe and if the dark tower falls all of existence falls with it so those beams all things serve the beam and so we decided that we drink jim beam and we toast with all things serve the beam jesus that's a bold statement <laughs> <laughs> there's actually jesus if you see Christ. this back yeah. here uh that is uh the dark tower of jim beam that is an actual Jim Beam oh product that they made. A it's like a Greek uh, decanter. Yeah. Nice. And we're uh, that's funny. Taking six different flavors of Beam to make the Beam to, to the Dark Tower, Go and then hopefully to Jim Beam will give us money or something. <laughs> that sounds fucking horrid. <laughs> oh, also those glass bottles are going to be filled with tequila rose because surrounding the Dark Tower is a field of red roses. <clears throat> I'm a fucking nerd, y'all. <laughs> oh, and we had no idea. Well, I don't have Jim Beam. I had other kind of whiskey, so 
I filled this, and I'm going to take a heavy swig every time. I have Holler. beer. Hell yeah. Uh, there are 30 of these questions. <laughs> We're going to see how many we get through, slash if how many we can sit. <laughs> You uh, also, I pitched shots when thinking that you were good. That it was gonna be like, oh, like 10 questions. <laughs> I mean, we could just do 10, but fuck that. See how sloppy I get. Yeah, here we go. All right, ready? Number one, I don't know the answers to these either. It doesn't tell me until I click it. So, we oh, okay, play. cool. Um, but you have to answer last, Josh. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, <laughs> or, yeah, let's just do it that way. Number one, what was Carrie's? That was a Freudian slip because while looking at his works earlier, I found the answer to this one and I told myself, forget it, forget it, forget it. All right, <laughs> next question. It was, what was King's first published novel? Oh, Carrie. Yeah. Carrie. <laughs> I'm taking Wait, a drink for that. Do we have to know the name or is this multiple choice? There are multiple choice. Thank God. <laughs> okay. okay, number two. Why was King arrested in college? Was it stealing traffic cones? Was it a hit and run, peeping in windows, or bringing an axe to school? For sure, bringing an axe to school. I kind of think, eh, that seems too on the nose. I'm going to say stealing traffic cones. I'm going to go with stealing traffic cones. I don't know the answer to this. I hope it's not B or C. <laughs> okay, let's see. It's stealing traffic cones. Take a drink, T. A month before his college graduation, after drinking heavily in a local bar, King was arrested for stealing traffic cones. Okay. Who was King raised by? Was it his, his parents? Oh, these are about Stephen King. Jesus, I don't know. I think <laughs> No, there was there was other there's other things about the book. I don't know anything about the man. <laughs> well, I guess we're learning. Let's roll. Let's do this. Who was he raised by? His grandparents, various relatives, his mom, or his dad? Mmm. I'm going to go various relatives. I'm going to say grandparents. Mom. There's some diversity in all the projects, and I feel like to get that, you're going to have to get an ensemble of people. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Josh said mom. I'm going to click mom. Fuck, it was his mom. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out I did know that one when you went through the answers. I do remember a story I read about his growing up. There was some confidence in that answer that told me we're screwed. <laughs> After his dad left the family when King was only two, his mom raised Stephen and his older brother David. She supported them by working many jobs and often left them in the care of various relatives. Hang on! That sounds like T was uh, right too. Not who he was raised by. He was okay. watched by. Is there a difference? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, what was King's major in college? European history, English, crime scene investigation, or psychology? I'm gonna Man, so many of those seemed a little too fitting. On the nose. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm going to go with the dark horse of European history. Mm, nice swing. There's European history, English, crime scenes, investigation, or psychology. I'll go crime scene investigation, but I'm leaning more towards psychology. That was my first answer. I'm going to go English, just in case. Just in case he actually I, went for what he... I, maybe. It could be just a wild misdirect. Also, I kind of want a shot. Uh, you don't get one because it's English. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Feel free to take a shot anytime you want. We don't judge you. Oh, I love it. I warned my wife. I said, 
So this was the my idea, and this is how we changed it. <laughs> when I came up Blitz later, it wasn't my fault. King used his secondhand typewriter so much that he eventually broke off the what? Carriage return lever, the letter M, the tab key, or the space bar? Tab. Space bar. M. Fuck. M. <laughs> uh, in in Misery, uh, if you uh, do you guys both know the plot of Misery? Nope. Uh, Paul Sheldon, <laughs> famous writer, writes this series of books starring Misery Chastain. Uh, he gets in a car accident, is rescued by his number one fan, Annie Wilkes, who's a fucking psychopath. And at one point, she takes him hostage and demands that he write a book for her. And when he does it, the uh, the N key breaks and makes a comment about uh, the N is like one of the most common letters used. So he has to hand write the N in everything. So our Misery's Return can, if you look at it, it the typeface is all typewriter except for the letter N. That's some cute shit. Right? <laughs> uh Okay, we're going to get this one so no one drinks. What pseudonym has King used? <laughs> Aaron Wolf, Richard Bachman, Howard Allen O'Brien, or Paul French? Mm, I don't know. That last one sounds pretty familiar. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go with B. I'm going to lock it in. So the book, The Dark Half, is written kind of kind of references a the true story of this, wherein a writer gets his pseudonym gets outed so he murders it and then the pseudonym doesn't like having been murdered and comes back from the grave and starts killing people out of revenge oh cool what is that called the dark half the dark half that sounds fucking cool the main event and that fight night that you showed is yeah. team king versus team bachman and the team captains are thad beaumont and george stark who are the main characters of the dark half that's awesome Sorry, Solomon, not Paul French. It's Richard Bachman. <laughs> Take a drink. After King's original pseudonym, Gus Pillsbury, his maternal grandfather's name, was outed. He had to change it on the spot. King became Rich Richard Bachman. Richard, as a tribute to crime author Donald E. Westlake's pseudonym, Richard Stark, and Bachman for Bachman Turner Overdrive, the band King was listening to at the time his publisher asked him to choose a pseudonym. <laughs> And that's why George Stark is the name of the pseudonym that... God. Yeah. These fun facts behind these answers are kind of amazing. <laughs> How many novels did King publish as R Richard Bachman? Ooh. Is it five, 12, 10, or seven? Seven. Okay. That sounds... I'll pick ten. I have seven. no idea. Seven. Seven? Seven. Yeah. It's it was seven. either five or seven. Because I knew it was a decent amount, but it was a fairly short-lived pen name. Uh, Bozer, do you, uh, are you a fan of things like The Hunger Games or Battle Royale? Oh, yeah. For sure. The Long Walk. That's what you're going to read. The Long Walk. Yes. Okay, I'm it's writing a it down because I'm going to be drunk tomorrow and I won't remember this. It's a Bachman book, so it's uh, it's dark. But it's like... A lot of crime? No, it takes a place of... in a world where there is, is a uh, public event called the Long Walk. It takes place in a like dystopian militaristic future. 
And it, this is the form of entertainment. This is the Super Bowl of this world, where a hundred boys between the age of twelve and eighteen. It's the Hunger Games. Yeah, and you have to keep a pace of three miles an hour, and if you fall below that pace, you get a warning. After th you, get and the ticket. By ticket, I mean a rifle shot to the back of the head. Holy shit! It's like Squid Games. Yeah. And Hunger Games. But with. 12 to 18 year old kids rolling welcome in friends hey. hi 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 yo what up farls we got a party now look who's rolling with a ray the cat club is her thanks for the follow diana darby we're playing stephen king trivia and if any of us get it wrong we apparently take a shot thanks josh for this great idea. yeah you know on a monday afternoon <laughs> afternoon well, I was just like, yeah, we're taking shots. I was like, it's a good thing I'm on the fucking good side of sober because I don't have anything shootable in my house. Yeah, we're still live because uh, we're on question eight of 30. Here we go. <laughs> because it features a school shooter, which book has King let fall out of print? Rage, Gerald's Game, The Dead Zone, or The Long Walk? <laughs> I don't remember what you just said about the synopsis. No, but that was about walking and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. He said he nodded yes to rage pretty hard, so I feel like A is the answer. Okay, well, I'm going to be contradictory and say the dead zone. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, buddy. Is it? Is it the dead zone? That's It's not the dead zone. It's rage. It's fucking rage. God damn it. That was described to me as... If Stephen King wrote The Breakfast Club. Rage? Oh. Rage. Yeah, it's about a kid who takes his entire classroom hostage. And apparently there's some friends we made along the way. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. I have a copy of it, but I haven't read it I was going to say, can you still get copies of that? Or is that one um, of those things like, do you respect his wishes of, like, don't... It has, it has recently come back into print. Like, whatever... Mm. Uh, I haven't seen whether they're like legit copies, but I've seen copies on like new print copies. Uh, but I haven't uh, checked it out. If it's it's very interesting of like, at what point do you take the author's work? Because it's the, definitely that fine line of like, what do you talk about? And what do you act like doesn't exist? Yeah. Well, apparently it's not even like that great. <laughs> it's like just kind of like an okay well, I mean, if it was wrote, written in 77, yeah. that's going to be one of his earlier projects. <laughs> Simba. <laughs> yeah, Simba's right. It looks like Poster's gotten a few. On a plus, no, we don't have to worry about him wandering off and falling asleep somewhere. He's in his home. Which apparently is my MO. I get drunk and wander. I hate that. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> Especially for my friends. Thanks, good friend. <laughs> so for his liver, we should probably cap it at 10, right? Fuck <laughs> that. All right. What is King's longest book? Under the Dome, It, The Stand, or 112263? Fucking 112263 is pretty fucking long. So long. I think that, I mean, that's my answer. It might be fucking a little easy, but. Um, it is kind of long, but I mean, I've seen an It book and it's like this. This seems long. This is as big as my face. <laughs> I'm going to say It. Uh, I'm going to go with The Stand. I bet he will. I don't know if it's Under the Dome or The Stand. Oh, let's see. Fuck. Damn. 
You're the most sober. <laughs> he cut 400 pages? Jesus When The Stand Christ. was originally published in 1978, Doubleday warned King the book's size would make it too expensive for a market to bear. As a result, he cut about 400 pages, around 150,000 words from the original manuscript. Fuck, I'm losing my tongue. In 1990, an unabridged edition was published, billed as the complete and uncut edition. Became the, became the longest book published. I think. All righty, one last question, and we're gonna raid out to go find somebody. <laughs> no, we can we can keep going. We'll do ten more. What's TV no, King outbreak? It's nine o'clock. I gotta go to bed. Okay, Super okay. flu. What Stephen King outbreak is compared to COVID nineteen pandemic? Super flu. Locking it in. Andromeda strain. Avian influenza, super flu, or the T virus. I like T virus because you're T. <laughs> Quick, see what happens. happens. Trips isn't an option, but that's what I was looking for. Oh my god! You said the super flu. Here's fuck you. Here's what's amazing <laughs> about that book. So uh, if you're looking for, if you have a long car ride, the stand might be a good choice for a, an audiobook to get because it's so so long. Mm-hmm. But there are whole chapters, so it's different characters in the world experiencing this this pandemic but there are several chapters that are just from the perspective of the virus oh and so cool. you just kind of follow random stories of, of the virus that's wild it's really really good i highly recommend the stand also a book we've covered on the show so you can read along with us okay real quick we're gonna fire off 10 more it's gonna be fast. Speed round. What is it? A clown? A manifestation of fear? A giant spider? Or an alien? An alien. Manifestation of spear. Spear. spear uh huh. <laughs> I'm gonna say an alien. Hey, I got it right. Hey. You take a drink. <laughs> what traumatic event did King witness but has no recollection of? His own surgery? His dog eaten by a mountain lion? A cousin falling in a well? Or a friend being struck by a train? I'm gonna say a friend train. Friend being struck by a train. train. Hey, we're right. What other creative outlet does King have? Gardening? He owns a theater? Scrapbooking? He's in a band. He's in a band. In a band. Is he for real? Yes, the rock bottom remainders. Remainders! Huh. It's all, Stephen... all it's all authors. All members That's of the band cool. are authors. That's what awesome. What's Stephen King afraid of? Alzheimer's? Spider? <laughs> number 13? All of these. All of these. All of these. <laughs> all That's these. been the only one that has been all of these. Who blocked King from following him on Twitter? Bill Skarsgård, <laughs> Neil Gaiman, Tim Curry, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. For Donald sure. Trump. Fucking petty ass yep. bitch. Why did King not have to serve during the Vietnam War? Uh, terrible vision. All of these flat feet, punctured eardrum. <laughs> All of these. All of these. All of these. What is room t- 217 in The Shining? A ghost, a rabid dog, an alien artifact, or an evil clown? Uh, wait, don't answer, Josh. A dog. Josh is confused. Uh, I miss. I I misheard the question. What is in the room two seventeen in The Shining? I'm gonna say a dog. See, uh, a ghost. A ghost. She was on the can I just showed you. Fuck. Miss Massey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't listening. Just kidding. <laughs> How does King refer to his most devoted readers? Constant readers, questions for punishment, true believers, members of the kingdom. Constant readers. Constant readers. That was our website for a long time. Uh, constantreaders.org. Wait, how did you get that? Uh, Somebody gave it to us who had it. And they were like, I don't want it anymore. You can have it. And then we don't want it anymore. That's cute. 
You guys are like low-key famous. I, I believe <laughs> in the Stephen King world. I think you're low-key famous. Which of yeah, family actually, members yeah. is not an author? His wife, his daughter, his oldest son, or his youngest son? Wife, mm, youngest son, daughter. Fuck. They all are writers. T, you're not drinking. Yeah. Um. Tabitha is uh, his wife is has published many many hmm. books. In which book does the character or name of Alan uh, Pangborn not appear? Oh, Alan Pangborn is one of my favorite characters, and I love every appearance that he has in books. But because I know exactly which one. He switched some letters. It's Bangporn. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last question of the night, folks. There is. We're raiding Hot Pink Yorkie. Is it Gerald's Game, Carrie, The Dark Half, or Needful Things? Gerald's Game, Carrie. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carrie. Joshua Khan. All things serve the beam, gents. <laughs> so does uh, Alias, a local Indiana whiskey. Not sponsored. But goes down smooth. Dude, here I thought that I appreciated you. He was, was wrong. wrong. <laughs> Nothing came close to how much I appreciate you now. I appreciate that. Thank you. And now you don't have to not ask me questions when we're uh, pre-show. I can I can actually <laughs> talk to you about your life and and be interested, invested. This is nice. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. And thank you for taking the chance on us with our TTRPG because... If, if you feel like we rolled the dice, like you literally rolled the fudge dice on us and you had equal pluses and minuses and said, yeah, I'll go with yeah. that. I mean, it reminds it. me that I'm we're doing something it. kind of okay. If yeah. this if this successful guy was like, yeah, I want to join them. Or he felt so bad for us. He's like, fuck, somebody's got to fucking save help. him. That's my chance to be a star. <laughs> you already are a star. <laughs> That was his plan, and then Kit yeah. became a character. Yeah, like, I, uh, I, uh, it's too late. I, I can't get out. Actually, I just I checked you guys out, and I liked your vibe. We have good vibes, T. We got something going your, for us. Your vibes of people who seem fun to work with, and that's all that I'm down for. No, if there's anything I do know for an absolute fact is our vibes are good. They are popping. Hell yeah. I have no doubt about that, ever. You guys, thank you so much for joining us for another Monday Night Geek Out sesh. We'll do it again next week. Uh, will we have a guest? Will we just be hanging out with T? I don't know. You come back and find out. Because <laughs> somebody's schedule caught up to him real quick. <laughs> but <laughs> I swear to drunk, I'm not God. And uh, <laughs> make sure you go and support Dairy Public Radio because literally as i've said before we only have the greatest of souls on this show somehow some way they find themselves to our doorstep and they are all gold and that is no less true it is actually the most true about joshua khan <laughs> cm and ben from dairy public radio thank you very much stick around we're rating who hot pink yorkie did you set it up yep Great, because these fingers don't work anymore. Let's do it! We're going to stick around for a raid, but until next time, I am Bozer. I'm T. 
I'm Josh. And he knows the drill because he's done this before. And you just keep geeking, geeking out. out. Love you Bye. guys. Bye. Bye.